0: Everybody, welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner podcast. I'm your host Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find it over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph?
1: I'm great. How are you?
0: Doing great things. Since the last episode, the weather has not changed. It's still ten degrees Celsius, fifty it, Fahrenheit. It's
1: gone down a degree here.
0: Oh, well, there you go. Getting a little cooler. So oh, it has changed. <laughs> Just the slightest of variance. Probably most people yeah. probably didn't even notice. Although I want someone to just be like, Huh, it's one degree cooler now.
1: I've gotten to the point where I can guess within like a few degrees. <laughs>
0: That's pretty good. But
1: then I, but I've lived in Florida for the majority of my life, so yeah.
0: You know your Y
1: like, you, know,
0: hmm? you probably know your your seventies from your eighties.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I know the humidity like almost down to the number.
0: <laughs> there you go. So
1: but you probably know when it's going to be, like, a majority rainy day, right? Like, aren't there just signs that you're just like, yep?
0: Yeah. Usually if it's, like, misty out, you're like, oh, it's just going to be perpetually raining today.
1: Yeah, because you don't have the raining on one half of the street thing like we do. Like, if it rains there, it rains, like, completely, right? Yeah. Okay. Because we have very patchy rain.
0: Okay. But But uh, we're here to talk about the Gilmore Girls. And... In particular, we're talking about season six, episode nine, which is called The Prodigal Daughter Returns.
1: But if you want to do a weather podcast, just let us know. We
0: Yeah, we could do that, too. Uh, the meaning of this episode title is interesting, too, because it's not just Rory that makes her way back to Lorelei, but it's also Lorelai making her way back to Emily as well. Yeah. So.
1: That's one of my psych points.
0: <laughs> but a Bit of a dual uh, reference there. Uh, mm-hmm. This was written and directed by Amy Sherman-Palladino, which makes sense. This is a big episode, it makes sense, uh, for a lot of reasons. And I'm sure, well, yeah, let's just let's just put it out there why everyone doesn't like this episode. And that's because it introduces a new character, April Nardini, who many people don't like. What were you, your first impressions of the April? Kid
1: or the, I thought that they, um, I thought it was actually a smart choice to have the kid have that personality. I thought it was over the top, first of all, mm. but I thought also what an interesting way to introduce, like, this is like alternative universe Luke. Mm. Cause we already know that he's smart. Right. And we know that he's into science, science fiction, at least. Yeah. Um, so it's almost like this is what he would be like if his life had taken a different turn.
0: Yes. Um, so
1: I kind of like that aspect, but I thought the I thought the intro of the character was a little. Good with the helmet. It's like a little what, clumsy. Eleven-year-old or twelve-year-old doesn't take off their helmet.
0: <laughs> that helmet was not just a helmet. That was like a full-blown suit or something like. Right. It was intense.
1: So maybe that says something about the mom. Yeah. I'm assuming we meet the mother later on.
0: We do. Yeah. We eventually no, meet okay. the mother. Um, yeah. I, but,
1: Oh, the irony of Luke saying we need to not keep any secrets from each other.
0: Yeah. And he's, and he's keeping a secret, which not a good idea. No, I'm just not good. Um, and yeah, I, I, you know, I know if you go onto Reddit or social media and see what people think, doesn't take long to find out that people just don't like April. And I the I think it's or the kid. The well the kid. I think they just don't like the character or like what she represents, which I guess in a way makes sense cuz rewatching this it kind of feels like they're introducing a Rory 2.0. Like
1: I okay yeah. That's what I wrote down too is that th- I see this on shows, right? Is that there, on sitcoms, you see that when one of the kids is aging out, they bring in a new kid.
0: Yes. And, and
1: that scene is very much like that. That Rory's an adult now, so we need to, you know, draw in younger viewers, and we need to have some young person on the cast, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt like.
0: It, it does, yeah. It's, um... It feels like in a lot of ways they're essentially taking that character of Rory and like that really smart and young plucky teenager and just doing another version of that. It,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: it doesn't have the charm.
0: No. And also too, doesn't have that Rory Lorelei connection that makes Rory that made Rory as interesting of a character as, as she is because I don't, I think Rory without Lorelai would not be as interesting of, as a character but it's her yeah. connection with her mom and like the dynamic that they yeah. have that makes it interesting. So when you take that out and you have Luke, who's a pretty reserved character. And then April, who's this like Rory 2.0, it, it doesn't vibe for me in the same way. And I don't know how they intended the character. I get the impression they were literally like, we, we need someone like Rory. Cause Rory's not Rory anymore. She's now this different character who's in college and, you know, Living in a pool house,
1: it, it's yeah. I mean, it might have been a, a ratings thing.
0: It could have been too.
1: We need to, we need to bring up our our younger viewer audience.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: with a disposable income, right? So
0: yeah. So I, I get that impression again. I don't know too much behind the scenes, like what was the reason for April to be written into the show? Well, there are some things that will. Happen coming up but uh, at least in the sense of that, like i don't know you start to kind of figure out oh is this maybe why they put april in is to yeah make her like a rory 2.0 in a way um but yeah she basically comes into the diner um talks to luke and is like i need a hair sample and then she says she says she's, she's gonna figure out who her father is and then luke goes to the science fair and you know she has figured out that he is the father
1: so the whole premise of this is just so outlandish
0: it, it is it, so bizarre
1: grab hair from him and i don't even know if that was a th- i don't even know if that was a thing in 2005
0: um you, but yeah to
1: do hair analysis like that was pretty expensive right oh like she said her uncle owned the lab. but the whole thing is like shouldn't he consult an attorney
0: I mean, yeah. that was my first thought. Also, too, like, Luke buys into that pretty quickly without, like, getting another I, opinion. He's like, I guess I'm your father. And I'm like, huh?
1: There's there's this dis- <laughs> it's really hard to suspend disbelief. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. you watch a show so you can kind of get lost in, and, and it kind of took me out and go, wait a second, that doesn't seem very realistic. I mean, like like Paul Anka bringing all the shoes down out the yeah. closet. Yeah. You know that's not realistic either but um but that just seemed like they missed a step somewhere
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> also too yeah the great irony in this episode too is also that there's a phone call from christopher uh and like lorelei and luke just have some trust issues and then yeah he's like you know we got to be honest with each other and all of a then he immediately goes to keeping a secret from her so because he has a good
1: point this gets into the psych thing too she's like christopher's always going to be in my life yeah. like there's no or, any way around that yeah um because luke kind of crossed over into um just not accepting reality of it mm-hmm. um yeah he's not happy that she withheld that she met up with him after what his dad died or his mom died I think, yeah, yeah. For him to just say I don't I think he actually said like I don't want you talking to him and and I was like wait a second how can you tell somebody you don't want them to talk to their co-parent yeah I, I mean that seemed really out of line
0: it did yeah okay um let's see uh, yeah and then also too uh, Rory moves out and doesn't apparently tell anybody that she's moved out. So, yeah. And then Emily's all distraught. Cause she thinks she failed. And then she goes missing to go buy a plane, which I was like, girl, I know you're smart. but Or you, I know you're rich, but, like, why would you go buy a plane? It's, this
1: is how she copes is by buying stuff. We've seen this before. And so I think yeah. what she buys is in proportion to how much stress. If you think about it, her whole, and this gets into psych stuff too, her whole... Thing with Lorelai is now manifesting, and mm. it's coming to the surface. And yeah. when Lorelai tells Emily that things between them were different than how she is with Rory, and that she hasn't left, or that she's back, it kind of sets Emily free. Yeah. Um, and because I think you know, narcissists eventually um, get tripped up on their own behavior. And and to Emily's credit, well, actually, I don't know if she realized the damage she did. I don't think she went that far, mm. but I think that. They feel sorry for themselves. Yeah, um, and so I think we saw the the culmination of that. Mm-hmm. But does she take responsibility for her role in it? I don't think so.
0: No. Um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Richard calls Lorelai to tell her that her mom's missing, and then eventually, yeah, Lorelai boards the plane. They talk and. Emily's talking about how she lost uh, Rory, like she lost Lorelai. Um, and then Lorelai's like, you didn't lose her and you didn't lose me. Like, Calm down.
1: So. And just the relief that Emily must have felt.
0: Yeah. A lot th-
1: of narcissists, a it comes down to perceived abandonment. They don't realize, they don't consider their role in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And most certainly too like I think Emily's just sort of that kind of person where you know she she has a hard time kind of seeing things from the true kind of reality of things and she kind of comes up with her mm-hmm. own version of events like she comes up with this thing that uh, you know that you know they want to abandon her they don't want to be with her and like it takes Lorelai being like "Well, no we, we do like you, having you in our lives so. right like it only needs a validation yeah mm-hmm. so awesome uh yeah and then the episode ends with lorelei and rory finally reuniting after nine episodes apart uh well probably even more Not than I'm that sorry
1: i think that they i i found that that ending they they really need to talk about what Mm. And I think I mentioned before we started recording family therapy might be a good idea. Cause they got some stuff to work. With. Yeah. I understand. They're so happy to be reunited, but there's some underlying issues I think that need to be addressed.
0: Hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think, uh, yeah, I think too, like there's still, there's still those, I think communication issues are a big one with the two of them mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and yeah, I think they definitely need to uh, kind of work on that. But will they? I doubt it. I think they kind of do things their own weird yeah. way, and it's not healthy. <laughs> I kind of doubt they're ever going gonna, right. gonna to change, but we'll see. Um, yeah. All right. Uh, who was your favorite and least favorite performance from this episode?
1: My favorite was... Richard, especially when Laura asked him, he's called Emily Cell. That was a really well played sarcasm that we don't always see in Richard. Yeah. Oh, why? You know, why don't I call her Cell? No, I have called her Cell. You know, like I didn't expect that from him. I really mm-hmm. like the way he played that. And worst was Luke's daughter because you know Luke's daughter.
0: Yeah, I like yeah, a I lot mean, of people are not
1: material. But,
0: a know, lot of people aren't fans of April and mm-hmm. you know i can kind of see why um, i hope
1: that actress didn't get a really hard time like, do you know what i mean i hope people left her alone like i always think of jake lloyd and star wars and how mm. he's bullied i hope that didn't happen
0: yeah i i think so i think she still acts but i mean she definitely got a bit of a rough time from this because people just did not take her her character well at all it still happened honestly so yeah. I, still it's April. yeah. I think she's still she still is most known for being April, I believe. Wow. Yeah. And again, it's unfortunate, you know, I'm sure she's a very uh good actress and all that, but yeah, it's um yeah. People just never did really take to her character that well. And even now on rewatches, I like I said, I kind of understand a little bit of you know what people are are thinking or doing with this character, but it's—I don't think it just really—I don't—I think an idea it's not bad, but an execution is where it fumbles. So,
1: it could have been so much more.
0: Yes, and I hate to say this, but there's a lot more April to come. We're not done with April, so. Oh boy. Yeah.
1: Thank you for preparing. Me. I appreciate that.
0: No problem. Uh, yeah, yeah my yeah, least favorite smart. is. Is April Mm -hmm. Uh, just (laughs) just again? I don't mind the idea of this character, but just the execution was just off. Um, Also, that helmet was like really kind of like okay, I get safety, but that is like like bubble boy levels of of care of like just being careful. Um, And then favorite oh gosh, I'd say Lorelai. I thought she was pretty good in this episode. She had a lot to kind of yeah. write on and how she handled it yeah. all was really good.
1: And the paint, I was just reading read it about how somebody hired a paint consultant for their um, for their older home, because uh, mm-hmm. it's a historical home. And I was thinking that would have been great for Lorelai to hire a paint consultant. Yeah. Because they helped pick out the colors. Mm-hmm. It was, but it also kind of explains a little bit, and this gets into psych stuff, about, you know, she has some decision-making issues.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. Um, what was your favorite reference from this episode
1: when Luke has sent everybody home and given them the two thousand dollar goodbye gift and it's quiet and she references Simon and Garfunkel because they have this song Sounds of Silence? I think she calls him Garfunkel Simon and Garfunkel. What about you?
0: Um, man, they're um. there was a uh, Yao Ming reference, like or Lorelai says, "Say hello to Yao Ming for me," uh, and he was a Chinese basketball. Uh, well, I think now he's an executive right. with the NBA, but I think before he was an actual player. He would have been a player yeah, at Ming. the time of when this when the show was on. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um. All right. What about uh, your favorite quote? Do you have a favorite quote from this episode?
1: The one about, and I don't have the exact quote, but it's when they're at the table uh, with Jackson and Sookie and Lorelai says, oh, well, that one, that comment will be one that they will be, you know, parsing apart or analyzing for years.
0: <laughs> I yeah. thought it
1: was really good because it was a good dig, but there's also a subtext to it of, really, you had to go there? That didn't even require a lot of effort.
0: <laughs> you
1: know? Yeah. So I thought, yeah, like, it was a multifaceted dig. Yeah. Uh, and then the silly one was when they're walking upstairs and Lorelai says to um, um, Luke, I'm not scared of it anymore, where he says that he's going to cover her eyes. Oh, yeah. That was like a little silly quote. Um, they, I like that they're playful like that.
0: Yeah, they are. Uh, Richard says to Finn when he's moving out uh, Rory's things, he says, who the hell are you? And Finn says, if I do that, I would dismiss my therapist. I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. I had a good laugh at that, so.
1: Yeah, that was a good one.
0: Yeah. Um, Yeah. Alright. Uh, uh, behind the scenes trivia. We got some trivia from this episode. Um, oh. Like, yeah. Uh, well, we also didn't talk about Rory basically forcing herself back to the newspaper that Let her go. Um, which is
1: a a whole other episode we could do on, yeah, she's putting herself out there, but also there's a sense of entitlement. Yes. Um, and the fact that she had enough time to do that, that a lot of people don't.
0: Yes. I, here's the thing I did appreciate it because I'm like, this is her getting her mojo back. And I, I appreciate it for that, but it was a little bizarre. But what's even more bizarre is she goes there and she gets. She gets a "quote unquote" job, but then it's never mentioned or brought up again in the show. So,
1: really, yeah, <laughs> huh? Um, I, that was one of my other favorite quotes. Is she goes, uh, "Mitchell Huntsberger, Mitchell Huntsberger was wrong."
0: Yeah, so um, I think
1: just kind of pushed her to realize, you know, that she is worthy.
0: Hmm. Uh, Amy Sherman Palladino had a series in uh, 1996 called Love and Marriage and it also featured a character called April Nardini but this one was played by an actress called Patricia Healy so yeah not the first time Amy Sherman Palladino has used the name April Nardini in a show
1: yeah, it's named after somebody that she grew up with or yeah I wonder if that April Nardini had the same reception that this one did
0: uh well the show didn't didn't last that long so I'm gonna say probably probably went unnoticed by most people so
1: that's gotta be a name that she names somebody that she's named him after
0: yeah um yeah uh okay uh yeah well mental health observations do you have any mental health observations um, from sub episode all the ones
1: that I mentioned before um, mm. about I'm just kind of sending Emily really free but Emily really still not to take responsibility for her contribution to it which mm-hmm. might not because narcissists tend to eventually feel bad for themselves but yeah uh, and they look for validation but they will never own up to their part of things. So that was the only just reiteration or thing I want to emphasize
0: Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've kind of talked about the the Emily, you know, the narcissism of, of her character and all that and yeah. It, it's interesting because Emily's the kind of character that I think ultimately you know everything's about her even when it's not like here's this this blow up between Emily or sorry Lorelai and Rory and like you know of course it's you know Emily who's like the one who's the most upset about all of this and I'm like really?
1: Well because it brought, it brought back all the, the things that she should have done but still not owning up to them. it's really interesting how she's tormenting herself with it but at the same time can't over it. Yeah. It's always somebody else.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com. Gaslighting is her book and Talking Brains is her other podcast and I'm over at we where almost every other day we've got new content going up and with that said we'll see you all next time. Bye for now.